Welcome to the Alito Bearcats Coaches Show Podcast from Real Country 92.1 Hank FM. Brought to you by H5 Sports Barn in Alito. Recorded live every Monday night at 7 from the new Jake's Burgers in Alito. And now with Alito Bearcats head coach Robbie Jones, the voice of the Bearcats, Kevin Longquist. Crawford will line this up at the 11-yard line. The left footer with a 21-yard field goal. Again, we're expecting Geyer to call timeout. The snap, the kick, on its way, and it is good! And Alito wins it, 48-45! Game that we all watched together or listened together, kind of had to catch your breath from that one as Alito walks off Denton Geyer last Friday, 48-45, on a 21-yard field goal from left footer Cole Crawford. I don't know if it gets any better than that for Texas high school football. Hi, everybody. I'm Kevin Longquist, the voice of the Bearcats. Pleased to be joined by... Alito's head coach, Robbie Jones, and uh, this was a game, ladies and gentlemen, that saw eight lead changes, and the crazy thing about the last four and a half to five minutes of this game, coach, was the fact that you all had gone up 45-37, they immediately score on the next play, get the two-pointer to tie it at 45, with 4.07 to play, and then you all have to start your, what you hope to be the go-ahead drive at your eight-yard line. I want you to take me through, first of all, congratulations on that. All right, thank you. What is that, when you go through a game like that, and it's all stressed on all levels because it's so back and forth, how do you keep your nerves, even though you've been through this, but now as a head coach, how do you just kind of keep your nerves so that you can that can be reflective on your sideline? Yeah, you just got to be calm. Uh, and like you said, we've been through it before. We've had a state championship game where we went on a five-minute drive uh, to go win the game. And so we've been in that situation before as a coaching staff. So, you know, we can stay calm and it keeps the kids calm, you know, and keep them confident. So let's talk about that game-winning drive that started at your 8-yard line. I mean, you, you could have started at your 16-yard line, but you had a penalty to start that possession. So take us through the mindset of you and your offensive staff and how you want to approach that because that's a pretty long way to go because even if you have to settle for a field goal, which you did, mm-hmm. you still have to get your kicker as close as you can so it can be a makeable attempt. Right, and, and one of the things we said going into it is, hey, you know, we, we've got enough time to run the football so we don't have to throw in every down. We've got to mix it up, you know, run the football, get the clock wound down to where, you know, when we do score, they don't have enough time to go uh, score again. So in that stretch... I'm wondering, though, if that second down play that led to the regular short run to convert third down might have been the key play of the drive, just putting yourself in a third and manageable position there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was, that was key right there, and, and we talked about it on the headset. You know, hey, we got four downs right here, so, you know, we don't have to do anything special. We don't have to get it all right here, just get part of it and make it a manageable third down. So let's talk a little bit about the play after the first down where the 30-yard pass play from Haas Haney to Trace Clarkson, who will be joining us here, by the way. We'll have Trace and Jake Gillespie here in the segment of our podcast. But talk about that 30-yard pass play, because at some point in that possession, I have to think you have to get a chunk play to get to kind of open up the field, to give yourself some more room to maneuver, and then you can be a little bit more aggressive if you want to. Right, you know, and, and that was a, a cover two beater. You know, they play a lot of cover two. So, you know, we were looking at, you know, getting a cover two beater, uh, uh, as far as a, a pass pattern for us, you know, we got him on a, a corner route and uh, set us up, you know, in good field position at that point. The way that Haas Haney managed the clock for the last 407, what did you see from him just from an organizational standpoint, leadership standpoint, and then just keeping everybody on track on getting to that point where 
Cole is out there to kick the game-winning field goal. Yeah, that, that was Haas doing Hoss Haney's type stuff. You know, uh, that's things we, we expect from him as our leader, as our team captain. You know, he's going to uh, guide us, you know, into those situations and, and take us down the field, you know, and lead us into victory. So two seconds to go. You're at the four-yard line on fourth and goal. Obviously, there's no decision there. I wouldn't think that you want to go ahead and we got to kick the field goal because if we don't, we're going to overtime and we're going to start at everybody's each other's 25. But I don't know if a head coach, because in this case, do you say something to Cole or do you just like walk away on the other side of the field and just let him do his thing? Or how did you approach that with him, if anything? I didn't say a thing to him. You know, he, he missed the extra point earlier. You know, and he was very hard on himself. And I just went up to him and said, hey, you got to forget that one. You're going to have a bigger kick later on. Okay, you got to go do your job right now and don't worry about what happened in the past, you know, and focus on what's happening in the future. A little bit of redemption for him, too. I mean, he, he goes from frustration to that. So what do you think that meant to him just as a player? For Because confidence is so big in this game. Yeah, that's going to give him a lot of confidence going down the line. You know, if we, if we need a big field goal uh, in a playoff game, he's already hit one for us. So it's going to give him the confidence that he needs to go, you know, forward, you know, later on in the year. I want to talk about another player who had some redemption in the ball game too uh, Friday night. That's Hawk Daniels. Two fumbles in the game. He on his on their first offensive play. Then he had one later on in the game that actually in the third quarter that led to a guy or touchdown. But then he comes up with that that remarkable forty yard catch, and I remember his visible reaction, just thrusting his arm to the air in total satisfaction and joy. It seemed like it was like a burden because I'm sure he carried those two plays with him for a long time and then to respond like he did. What did you see from your player on that? Yeah, I mean, you know, he, he made a play for us, you know, and, and it wasn't a, an easy catch that he, he made. He made a pretty difficult catch, you know, and that's, you know, things that we're expecting from him. We're expecting him to be able to take the top off the defense with his speed, uh, and he was able to do that a couple of times in the game. Is that something, though, where a head coach – when players are going through adversity in a game, when you're dealing with emotions, and because whether it's the extreme high of making a great play and having to come back and play the next play, or the other way, when you make a terrible play and you have to come back and play the next play, how do you play, if you will, you know, a psychiatrist on that to make sure that everyone puts what hap- just what happened behind them? You know, that's something we talked about you know, in the game. We, we knew that there were going to be highs and lows during this game. And, you know, part of the pregame speech was, hey, if, if something goes wrong, you got to, you know, have a short-term memory loss and, and forget about it, you know, and think about the next play. Uh, and that was something that, you know, I played from my dad, uh, Jerry Jones, and, and one of the things that he always said was, what's the most important play? The most important play is the next play, all right? Forget about something bad that happened, you know, and, and focus on your job at hand on the very next play. And that's something that I, I talked to the kids about, pregame you know and then we followed up on it you know if something did go wrong like with you know hawk fumbling football hey forget about it all right learn from it don't make that mistake again and let's go start making plays i consider this victory too robbie i mean this was on the road i mean we obviously talked about the or saw the drama last year at this place last year when you all beat denton ryan 35 21 but you all were number one in the state in 5a division one here's guyer 6a team ranked number nine in the state of texas according to dave campbell's at the time of this game being played and they're coming off four consecutive appearances in the state semifinals three division one recruits and to find a way to beat a program of that caliber what does that say to you about what this team is your team is for you it tells us we got a pretty good football team you know and uh and when we start playing uh clean games where we don't have the penalties we don't have the uh, turnovers we don't have mistakes you know, and we clean some things up, uh, we're going to be a hard team to beat. 
So let's talk about not all, because of this big game. Look at all the other big games that Alito won during the regular season this, throughout their history. This is my 18th season covering the Bearcats. But I think about the game down at Lake Travis in 2010. Alito wins that game 14 to 10. Jonathan Gray scores with about six minutes to go in the mud pit down there at Lake Travis, and you all pull that one out. Knoxville County out of Mississippi in 2015 at Bearcats, at what was then known as Bearcats Stadium. The Bearcats win that game by a score of 10 to 6. Then there's the first ever game played at McLean Stadium on Baylor University's campus before Baylor ever actually played a game, and Alito beat Cedar Park by a score of 21 to 17. That was in 2014. And then there were a couple of impressive wins over Highland Park in 2012 and 2013. So even though this program has won a state record 11 state championships, some of those games not as competitive as others. But when you win games like this, what kind of an adrenaline rush is that? Because you beat a really good opponent on the other side of the field. Yeah, I mean, you feel good afterwards. You know, uh, I've felt a lot better this year than I did last year at this point, <laughs> uh, of course. Right. You know, but, you know, it, it gives the kids the confidence and it shows them, hey, look, guys, you know, if we do things the way we're supposed to be doing them, you know, we're going to achieve great things. Let's talk our, let's turn our attention toward Justin Northwest, who Alita will be playing in a game that you can hear here on Hank FM. Uh, the pregame show is at 6.30. The kickoff is at 7 o'clock with yours truly, Kyle Hicks, Mercedes Meyer, the deacon who is sitting over there to my left. I know Mercedes was here somewhere. I didn't see where she was. And, of course, uh, Hayden Posey, our on-site engineer, will be there as well, uh, taking care of us. But Alito taking on the Texans out of Northwest. The Bearcats lead this all-time series 6-2. to two, Played at Northwest last year. Won this game by a score of 49-20. Uh, the Texans are 2-0 and this year. They've beaten Prosper Rock Hill and McKinney North. They also had their own dramatic win of the uh, season last week as well against McKinney North. Seems like if you've ever, I've, I've followed that history between McKinney North and Northwest. They play back and forth games, and this one was no different as uh, the Texans scored in the final minute to win that game 31-28. to Their head coach, Bill Poe, one of the good guys in this game in his 10th season. He's taken Northwest to the postseason in six of his first nine seasons. Let's talk just on the surface. We'll get to their players in just a little bit, but just facing a Bill Poe coach program. What do you expect to see? Oh, you know, they're, they're going to be well coached. You know, I've got a lot of respect for Coach Poe. Uh, I remember when his dad was the head coach at McKinney, and, and Bill was playing for his dad at McKinney. And uh, Bill is a really good football coach. Uh, his team's going to be well coached uh, offensively, defensively. They're going to be disciplined. You know, so it's, you know, a challenge for us, you know, to go match that. Okay, their quarterback is Letty Thompson. He's completed 68% of his passes in these first two games. I believe you saw him in last year's game because Jake Strong, their then quarterback, who was committed to Texas Tech, was unavailable due to an injury. And then their running back, uh, Sahid Duradore, uh, consecutive 100-yard games to start the season. He's about, a, about 132 yards per game. He's averaging more than seven yards per carry. What do you see on, on film on both Thompson and Sahid? Uh, Thompson, Thompson's a kid that we've known since he was a little kid. Uh, back when he was young in third, fourth, fifth grade, he was coming to Lido Bearcat football camp. Uh, <laughs> and he would always wear his Green Bay Packers stuff. And he was from you know, Boyd, Texas at the time. So, you know, we, we've known the name Letty Thompson for a long time. Uh, he does a really good job of operating their offense. And then the, the running back, and I'm not going to attempt to say his name, uh, number 21, but uh, he's a really strong runner. Uh, and, and basically, you know, that's, to me, the best part of their offense is uh, him running the football. Yeah, it seems like just looking at their stats, that they've made an attempt that they're going to establish their running game. So obviously with your defensive front and your linebackers, what's going to be key to making sure that you all at least – limit what they can do on that on that part of their offense we got to make sure we stay gap sound you know uh, we gave up a couple of runs last week to guy where somebody got out of their gap 
so we got to make sure you know we stay in our gap, uh, we control our gap, and then get you know off blocks and go make plays. All right, so. I wouldn't be remiss without bringing up this because this is the district opener for the Bearcats. And now the, the talk of the streak, 111 consecutive games that the Alito Bearcats have won dating back to 2007. That's probably close to when rocks were new when this district winning streak started. And I have a little treat for you at the end of our podcast, courtesy of the Deacon, that I'll share with you here. But 111 games, this is a national record. And I want you to talk about because... I've seen all of them. The Deacon's seen all of them. You've coached through all of them. And is it even surreal, the fact that this thing is still going like it is? You know, really, I don't think about it, honestly, you know, because, you know, our mentality as a coach is we, we focus on the game at hand. You know, we don't think about the, the 111 that we won in a row before this game. You know, our goal is to win this game, you know, and, and so – you know, it's a neat deal. Uh, it's neat, you know, to talk about and say, hey, look, we got this many, you know, winning, you know, games in a row in district. But, you know, to be honest, the main focus of us is, you know, Northwest and winning this game in hand. And that's probably why you have this streak is because of keeping your players focused on, if you will, to use the cliche, one at a time. Because if you don't, it's kind of like we can't worry about Azel, we can't worry about Denton Ryan, we can't worry about Burleson Centennial in October. We got to worry about Northwest. Yeah, and, and you know that's the goal. Every week, you know, is to get the victory. Uh, you know, our goal is to to go undefeated, but you know, it's one game at a time. And coaches are started to use that phrase. We got to go one and zero this week. Mm-hmm. Is that pretty much something similar to what you yeah, use? Yeah, yeah. We we talk about that all the time. Hey, we got to you know one and zero this week. You know, go win Monday, go win Tuesday, go you know win Wednesday. You know, as far as practice is concerned. And I want to ask you a little bit about winning on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. How do you define what means 1-0 on each of those days? You know, uh, it's effort. You know, it's executing the game plan. You know, Monday is going to be, hey, we're installing, so we're not expecting things to be perfect. Uh, Tuesday, we want to see things getting a little bit better, you know, as far as execution of, of the game plan. And then Wednesday, there shouldn't be any mistakes. You know, on Wednesday, we've had two days to work on the game plan, and then, you know, we shouldn't be making mistakes. All right, so 111 games, of course, the Bearcats trying to get to 3-0 to start the 2023 season, and I guess if there's one thing about this team that you like so much right now, and one thing about this team that still needs to pick up if you, or that needs uh, improvement in your mind, what would those two areas be, Coach? You know, the run game right now, you know, because of where we were with the run game on offense last year, uh, I think the run game you know, has picked up, and, and then that's, you know, we're very pleased with how we're doing uh, with the run game. Uh, the area in which we need to, to pick up on is, you know, uh, the pass game on defense. You know, we got guys back there that, are, you know, are better than what they've shown so far this year. And, you know, we're expecting them to, to you know, to, to rally up, you know, and, and get better, and, and I think they will. All right, Robbie, thanks so much for the time. Head coach Robbie Jones joining us here in this First segment here at Jake's. We want to remind you here that Jake's could be a great opportunity for any alumni group to maybe watch their favorite universities play on a given weekend Saturday. I mean, the college football season just began this past week. A ton of games that were played. And if you, there's 31 televisions between the inside and the patio that's directly behind me. So if you all ever want to just, or if, even if it's not an alumni group, and if you all just want to come out and watch Saturday college football, because all these games are going to kick off at 11 o'clock, and then you've got all the way into the evening. We know we've got the big one on 6 o'clock on a Saturday night when Texas visits Tuscaloosa to take on the University of Alabama. Games of that nature should be a wonderful weekend. So just think about a place like this 
uh, as one of your destinations to watch Saturday college football. And of course, please join us every Monday here, every Monday throughout the course of the high school football season for the Alito Coaches Show. We want to remind you that H5 Sports Bard and Nye Physio and Performance can help unlock your athletic potential and elevate your game like the Alito Bearcats with expert sports physical therapy, tailored recovery plans, and top-notch sports performance training. H5 Sports Barn, proud supporters of the Alito Bearcats. We're going to take a couple-minute break. When we come back on the other side, we'll have a quick alumni segment for you, and then we'll be having our other player guests. That'll be wide receiver Trace Clark Clarkson rather, and safety Jake Gillespie. Thanks for joining us here at Jake's. We'll come back here in a couple minutes, and we'll have our second segment of the Alito Coaches Podcast. want to welcome you back to the second segment of the Alito Coaches Show here at Jake's on 1187, the new location of Jake's as it just opened up on August 18th. I'm the voice of the Bearcats, Kevin Lonquist. Happy to have you with us. Don't forget, this show will be airing throughout the course of the 2023 high school football season. We'll be featuring two segments, the first one with head coach Robbie Jones, and then our second segment will be with featured Alito players. Also, as we get deeper into the fall sports, we might have our volleyball coaches on, Claire Gay, uh, Mike Pinkerton, the cross-country coach, as they get deeper into their season, ready to compete for district and regional championships, things of that nature. So we look forward to bringing you more and more coverage of the Bearcats as the 2023 uh, season unfolds. Don't forget the Bearcats will continue their season. The district opener is this coming Friday evening and we're finally going to play at the scheduled time that we thought we were going to play. We're 7 o'clock kickoff when the Bearcats take on the Northwest Texans out of Justin. Both teams are at 2-0. 6.30 is the pregame show on 92.1 Hank FM. want to begin this second segment with a little bit of an Alito Athletics alumni update. Uh, had a chance to uh, go watch uh, the Rangers take on the Minnesota Twins Sunday afternoon at Globe Live Field. Cody Bradford uh, picks up his third major league win as he got the win last night or yesterday afternoon pitching the ninth inning. He looked really good. Picked up a couple of strikeouts in that Rangers 6-5 walk-off victory. Then a couple of uh, college players, uh, JoJo Earl, the great athlete as we all saw him at Alito, who was at Alabama previously, hit the transfer portal, is now at TCU, made his debut this past Saturday against Colorado. One catch for 16 yards. And then Jace McClellan, the running back, who was still at Alabama, had a 20-yard run, also had a touchdown run in the Crimson Tide's victory against Middle Tennessee State. Okay, so here we go with our second segment here as we are pleased to introduce, and we want to give everybody give a big warm welcome to wide receiver Trace Clarkson and safety Jake Gillespie. Everyone give it up for them. All right, guys, nice to have you with us. Okay, so Trace, the story about him, if you don't know it about it, uh, he tore his ACL... Uh, right before, I think it was spring ball uh, of last year, 2022. Missed all of the 2022 season. Jake, of course, is the son of TCU defensive coordinator Joe Gillespie. And so, guys, I'm, let's just start with Friday night's game and the range of emotions that you're going through. If you didn't hear eight lead changes in that ball game. And I want to talk a little bit about just the emotions that you're going through when a game that's so back and forth like this and how you have to keep that under control. I'm going to start with you, Jake, because obviously... You, had, you all had just taken the lead, 45-37, then boom, they tied on the next play. So just how was this game to navigate through emotionally? Well, I thought it was good. Uh, going back to Longview last year, being down 11 points, being down 14-3 going into halftime, I think most of the team coming back, we were ready, and we knew how to keep our minds right in a dogfight like that. And then, Trace, how about for you? You know, uh, going into that game, I was a little nervous because it was my first big game of the year probably. And then 
we were just trying to stay calm on the offensive side because it was a back and forth game, not to worry too much. And so we were just going out there and just playing normal football. You make the big catch in that game-winning possession of 30 yards. The, the Bearcats had just gotten a first down uh, at the 19-yard line, and then Haas finds you for 30 yards on that. Just take us through the pattern, what you saw there, how you're able to come down with the catch, because it was, it was a really heck of a great catch. You know, I just uh, before that play, I was looking at the DB, and he was lined up inside of me, so I was just going to stick him with the post route and just burn him over the top. And me and Haas, we have that chemistry, and so he just he knows what I'm – he knows what he's expecting from me, and I know what I'm going to expect from him. And so he's just going to throw it up, and he knew I was going to make a play, and I was going to make a play for him. And for you, you know, let me get before I get into that, let's talk a little bit about the sideline chatter right before Cole Crawford's field goal, okay? It's tense enough as it is. And I mean, this is a we're going to win this game or we're going to go to overtime type of situation here. So just talk about how you all kind of have to navigate through those emotions of saying, okay, if he makes it, you know, we can celebrate. If he doesn't, then we got to go play defense or we got to get back on offense. We'll start with you, Jake, and just how you kind of watch that situation unfold. I really think either way, if he would have missed it, then I think we were ready and I knew we were going to win that ball game anyway, but we all trusted him and knew he was going to make that field goal. And then for you, Trace? Basically what Jake said, we, we trust Cole. Trust Cole's a great kicker, and we trusted him to make that field goal. And Take on the victory. You know, when you play a team like this, and I, you, you heard me mention earlier about the, the great win, regular season wins that Alito has, but you all knocked off a 6A team. I mean, Alito's history stands for itself, but when you beat a team like that, 6A team, that was in the state semifinals, has been in the state semifinals and the highest classification in Texas, what do you learn about yourselves in a game like this? Jake, we'll start with you. Well, first of all, we learned that we're a good football team, but... All that really matters is that we build on to that and get better every week for the rest of the season. And then for you, Trace. You know, going in Dengar is a great school. They've always been a great school. And just going in that game and taking home that victory just sets the tone for what we look like and how, how people expect us to look like throughout the rest of the season. And just we take each game step by step. We, we worked our butts off at practice all that week. And we are just expecting to go out there and play, play good and – just get revenge from last year to what they did to us. For sure. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about your personal situation, Trace, coming back from the torn ACL. Just take us through when, the, when it happened, when you, when you got the news, and then the road to get back to this spot, to where you were, you know, where you were a signature member of this offense. Just take us through where, when it first started and then your road back. You know, when I heard the news, I, I broke down in tears, man. I was, I was devastated hearing it, and... I was expecting to have a big junior year, and uh, it was just it just hurt a lot, and went through a little sad phase for a little bit. But that was just God giving me an obstacle to see if I'd break down and quit, or see if I'd overcome and become a better person in general. And I didn't break down; I just kept pushing myself to become a better person in ge- general, to and just become a better football player. And I came, worked my butt off, and became faster, stronger, and just a better person in general, man. It just it was a lot and just doing all that, it just it's just it was just a lot, man. <laughs> when you get the news from the doctors that you're cleared to play again or you know go through all workouts, what did that mean to you? Man, I, it was just happy. It was happy for me cuz I'd get to be back out there with all my brothers and my coaches and just felt good and just being on that sideline just all last year just hurt me a lot just seeing everyone get to, get to play and have fun. It just it just devastated me, and just being back out there with all my brothers and stuff, playing football, that's what I love doing, man. It's just always what I've grown up loving to do, and just I just 
I just love being back out there. The moment when you felt like you were back, was it maybe catching that first pass against Parrish Episcopal, or was it the touchdown pass that you caught that kind of felt like I'm, it's so good to be back? Yeah, it was just just going back to Parrish, man. It was just after that first catch, I was like, all right, I'm, I got the nerves out of me. I, I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I know what they expect me to be doing, and just after that touchdown, I, I was I was really excited score that touchdown and then jake free when you see a player like this who's going through who can't be out there with you but but trying to be a support being part of his support network what do you do as a teammate to kind of keep him going even though he can't be with you out on the field like it was in 2022 well you really just got to check on him make sure he's doing good because you know it's a rough time but i know he worked his butt off to get where he is now and overall he became a better football player better person and i know he worked his butt off for that um, I'm going to start calling Jake to the clairvoyant one because last year after the uh, playoff game against Shoemaker, I interviewed him in the postgame, and he shouts to the rooftop, State, baby. And this was after the by district playoff game. I'm like, we got five more games to go here. But, um, but, you, but you were prophetic, and, the, and you all won the state championship. But let's talk to you a little bit about your commitment. First of all, he has committed to Stephen F. Austin down in Nacogdoches, so congratulations to you on that. Thank you. I want to talk to you a little bit about your recruiting process and what you went through as far as making the decision who the other finalists were and what it came down for you to commit to SFA. Well, overall, I really love the coaching staff at SFA, and I didn't expect that I was going to be committing this early before the season, but... Uh, after taking a visit there and talking with all the coaches, they, they have a faith-based program, and I really like that. So I knew that was the right fit for me. So do they look at you as a safety? Do they, do they look at you as an outside linebacker? Or how do they see you fitting into their defense when you get there? It's more of a nickel safety hybrid, so I can fit down in the box and I can come off the edge but still have all the pass responsibilities. Okay, so you're also a punt returner, the, the primary punt returner on this team. And... You know, that's a difficult responsibility because you're going to be catching a football that's coming in about 35, you know, 30 miles, or excuse me, 30 yards distance-wise, and it's going to be coming down at a high angle, and you've got this mass of humanity coming at you. So you, always, so you kind of have to, how do you keep your eye on the ball but knowing I'm going, I'm kind of leaving myself defenseless here, and I've got to figure out how to make a, that i got to catch this thing first, and then I can take off and run with it. Well, takes a little bit of nuts. <laughs> I mean, you can't see the guys coming at you, and you just got to trust your blockers that they're going to do their job, and when you get the ball, just go. Okay, so, and, and that's what I want to ask you a little bit about as far as, like, the judgment of, and, and you've, you've caught enough of these over the years, Jake, of knowing when to catch it, knowing when to make a fair catch, knowing when to let it bounce and pick it up on a hop, or just letting it bounce and it can roll or something like that. So it, it's an experience thing, I would think, but how do you go into each punt return about figuring out where do I need, what do I need to do here in terms of those four options I just mentioned? Well, just kind of figure that out after he punts it. You don't really know until that happens. You just got to base it off your instincts. And then let's talk a little bit about, okay, just getting ready for Justin Northwest this week. They're 2-0. and You all are 2-0. and As you were looking at them on tape, you know, Trace, let's start with you about what you see on them from a, a defensive standpoint, because I'm sure you're probably going to get a lot of attention. He's the leading receiver on this team with, I think, 13 receptions to this point of the season, about 175 or 150 yards so far. But let's just talk a little bit about as far as like what you see from them and what you th and what's going to be the challenge on defense. You know, we're not going to take we're not going to take any team for granted. They're a great. They're a great football team, and I think they have improved a lot on the defensive side since last year. And they're a lot more bigger, physical, faster. Great DBs, and we just, we're just going to go out there and play football and just do what we usually do. Okay, and then Jake, as far as from an offensive standpoint, before I get to their offense, 
This was the game that you all won last year, 49-20, to 20, that seemed to kind of reset everything. You got some turnovers early, took advantage of those, jumped out to the, the big lead. What did that mean, though, at least for, like, putting Parrish and, and Geyer behind you after you all won that game last year? What did, this, what did that win against Northwest do last year for you guys for the rest of the season? I think it really woke us up and made us realize that we're a good team and we're a lot better than we had been playing the first two games. And that from then on, we just started getting better every week and then ended up with State. Okay, and so let's talk about what they are on offense, of course. You know, they have a pretty good offense. Their quarterback's thrown for 60, completed 68% of his passes. Great running game. What do you see on them and what's going to be the challenge for you all on defense? Well, I think they do have a great offense, and I think they've improved a lot from last year. And defensively, I think we need to just do our jobs, and if we do our jobs, we'll get the job done. What's it? What are the aspirations? I mean, the, the goal for this program is to win a state championship, 11 in this program's history. But when you play for a program like this, and you go through the day in and day out, do you, do you try to recognize for what it is or do you just try to just be a regular player you know day in and day out not let the attention of being a little bearcat get to you because of all the attention that comes to this program you have to take it one day at a time one week at a time one game at a time because if you don't take it one day at a time and you just think about state maybe you get lost along the way and you don't get to state so and then for what up for you trace just what just going back to what jake said just take each game Take each practice step by step, and don't don't over don't overthink don't overthink about state, and just take each game just as one game. In this streak, I'm sure you guys have heard about this streak, 111 games, and the coaches have tried have have impressed upon you, making sure that that's not part of of your thinking. But you know, you guys hear it, you know that it's out there. Is it something to easily ignore, compartmentalize, or how would you or how have you guys reacted to that because of where this began and that it's still going? I'll start with you, Jay. I mean, it's always been there, but the streak is the streak, and you just got to take it one game at a time. I mean, if we just do our jobs, we'll get the job done, but we're not worrying about losing the streak. We're worrying about winning ball games. All right, and then for you, Trace. Yeah, what Jake was saying, we're not, we're not really worried about the streak. I mean, it's a, it's a great streak. It's awesome because most schools don't have that type of streak, and we're, just, we're, we're not really worried about that. We're just worried about playing good football and just taking each game step by step and – Playing, and if we play good, we'll keep the streak alive. All right, sounds good. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Jake Gillespie. He's the starting safety and punt returner for the Alito Bearcats. This is Trace Clarkson, senior wide receiver, one of the leading receivers for the Bearcats. Give it up for them tonight. Thank you all for joining us. All right, so I mentioned here where we, the, in, this one, in this streak of 111 consecutive district wins, and the, I asked the deacon about a week or so ago, I said, I said, I have an assignment for you. I want you to find the number of types of opponents that the Bearcats have beaten as they've gone through this streak that began in 2007 and sits at 111. So Curtis, so the deacon did this for me, turned it around in about an hour. I thought this was going to take a couple days, but because of who he is and what he does, he's able to get this information to me as crazy fast as he did. So here it is. The, the Alito Bearcats have beaten nine different teams named Yellow Jackets, eight different teams named Bulldogs. There are three different teams that they've beaten seven times that were either Bears, Hornets, Cougars. There are three different types of teams where the, Bears, where the uh, Bearcats have beaten that their names are Owls, Pioneers, or Elks. There are three different teams they've beaten in this streak five times. They've either been Spartans, Eagles, or Rough Riders. 
There's been three different programs where the Alito has been them where their nicknames are either the Hawks, Porcupines, or Pirates. Then you got a slew of teams that were they've beaten three times that were nicknamed the, the Texans, the Rams, the Raiders, the Scorpions, and the Trojans. Then several teams that were that they've beaten twice: the Timberwolves, Panthers, Falcons, Bobcats, Rangers, and Chaparrales. And there was one team that was named the Indians that Alito has beaten. That's a lot of different nicknames to beat along the way for the Bearcats to get to 111 district wins. We want to thank our friends here at Jake's Hamburgers here on 1187 for hosting us here as they will throughout the course of the 2023 season. We will be back here next week for the third edition of the Alito Coaches Show. We'll also have players visiting with us as well. And also a reminder to you that the Bearcats continue their season this coming Friday night. 6.30 is the pregame show here on 92.1 Hank FM. The kickoff is at 7 o'clock between the number one Alito Bearcats and the Northwest Texans out of Justin. I'm Kevin Lonquist. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy your week. We will talk to you all Friday night from Tim Buchanan Stadium. Have a great rest of your week, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Alito Bearcats Coaches Show podcast, brought to you by H5 Sports Barn in Alito, with Bearcats head coach Robbie Jones and the voice of the Bearcats, Kevin Longquist. Please like and subscribe to this podcast and tell a friend. You're also welcome to join us in person every Monday night at 7 from the New Jake's Burgers, 601 FM, 1187 in Alito. And then listen to every Alito Bearcats game, home and away, live on 92. Hank FM on the free 92.1 Hank FM app or online at 921HankFM.com. The Alito Coaches Show podcast is a production of Real Country, Hank FM.